the Lloyd's List Shipping Podcast. The International Union of Marine Insurance Conference is the highlight of the marine insurance year, but thanks to the pandemic, what was supposed to have been a four-day physical gathering in Stockholm has metamorphosed into a two-week virtual event. Nonetheless, attendance is substantially up and the standard of online presentations has been high as ever. So we're delighted to have the Influential Trade Association Secretary General, Mr. Lars Lang, as our guest this week. Welcome to the podcast, Lars. Welcome, Richard. Thank you very much for inviting us. A pleasure. We're, we're delighted to have you. How's it going from your perspective? Have you, you had any heart-stopping moments over the last fortnight or has everything <laughs> gone more or less as you planned? <laughs> well, well, I wouldn't say that we hadn't had any heart-stopping moments. I think this comes by nature when you run an IT project of that size. But I think uh, from the from the side of the attendees, all went quite smoothly. So we had some problems with Asia on day one. We weren't able to connect to Japan and to South Korea for what reason ever. But apart from that, I think all attendees would agree uh, that we delivered a really fairly stable IT event over two weeks. You know, when we started organizing this in May this year, when we finally recognized that it's not possible to run our usual in-person event in Stockholm, uh, we immediately said we want to turn this into something positive. We want to send out a sign of resilience. And we said we run this as an online event. And in fact, of course, we had absolutely no experience in doing things like that and we had no idea how many people would show up and at the end of the day it turned out that we got well i would say about 700 700 attendees at the end of the day from about 40 countries which is in fact even a bit more than we would usually have for physical events which are between 500 and 600 uh, and due to the time differences, we ran every workshop twice a day for the different time zones. Means we had 70 speakers, two weeks of conference, 20 workshops, 700 attendees. So it was a lot of IT to be dealt with in the background, but I think it was successful. And the quality of the speakers was hopefully as good as ever. So when we look at the press coverage uh, up to up to now, it looks quite good. So and so mm. far. We are happy and also a bit proud, if I may say. You may indeed. I mean, given the efficiency, do you think uh, you'll be going back to physical events? I mean, or does digital have, uh, you know, some advantages over the physical event? Yeah, they, they, they do. And they, they, actually, it's not up to us to decide. This is this is decided by clients' demands. So we hear already very clear signals that we have to run things like this at least hybrid in the future. Mm. Uh, given the the pandemic will come down, actually nobody knows what will happen next year. Whether we will be able to return by all means to physical events in in spring or in autumn or even maybe in in 2022. So we would endeavor. This is our clear will. We would endeavor to return to physical events, but we were, we are aware that we certainly have to offer also opportunities to dial into these events. And I think okay. this will be the case for every major event in the future. So the pandemic and so far has certainly changed the world, if we like it or not. 
I don't think you'll be the only organization looking at options for next year, but we will see. We will see. Let's turn our um, attention to some of the content. One of the highlights of IUME each year, of course, is the Facts and Figures Committee presentation, which unveils the hard statistics on, on how various lines of marine insurance has performed the year before. It's the, it's the bit that everyone really looks out for. Mm. Global marine underwriting premiums for 2019 were, I'll refer to my notes here, uh, $28.7 billion, some 0.9% down on 2018. Mm-hmm. And that's despite widespread market talk of hardening rates. How do you explain that? Yeah, that's a good question, Richard. Uh, in fact, it is explainable. First of all, of course, uh, what we published this year by nature is the numbers for 2019, which we have collected in 2020, uh, once finalized from our Uh, 45 national member associations. So it's numbers for 2019, which means this is based on the rates which were agreed in late 2018 for 2019. So it's a bit of a a look in the back mirror. Uh, It's not representing already the 2020 premiums and the 2020 rates. Mm. Uh, And this is, as you said, where we hear from several parties uh, that there is obviously a hardening. So this is one point. Uh, but nevertheless, uh, what we see this 28.7 billion, uh, this is a sheer premium amount, which tells you not necessarily uh, something about the premium quality. Uh, this is connected to the underlying risks. And if you took a uh, look at our major lines of business, which we represent as IUMI, uh, then this is a offshore energy and and this is known by everybody uh, there was less business out there in 2019 due to the depressed oil price and therefore there was also less risk and and consequently less uh, less premium to be gained so that's the reason for that line of business uh, for the cargo insurance which is by far the biggest piece of the pie uh, in the premium cake uh, We saw in 2019 a slight decrease in the world trade volume. And if you compare this, as you can see in Astrid's presentation, which is public available on our homepage, yumi.com, Astrid Zeltman's presentation, you will see uh, that the gap between the world trade volume and the world marine insurance premium is a bit tighter than it was before for 2019. So that's a good signal on this international stage, although the numbers as such were not significantly increasing by, by sheer volume, you know, but that's the reason behind. And this is why, according to our statistics, we would think that nevertheless, there were, were good signals for the premium quality as such. And this is the same for the hull premium, uh, Richard, uh, where we were more or less on the very same level as in 2018 from the volume of the premium as such, uh, but where we also have seen uh, that the vessel values decrease to a degree. And in so far, uh, this is what has to be taken here into account. So I would say it's technically spoken, of course, but nevertheless, uh, that we have a bit less at the end of the day for 2019 does not mean that we have also decreased premium quality. I think we are fairly fairly stable underway. And as said, since 2019, things might have moved even a bit further. Okay, well, something to look out for. One of the things that has come out this week that surprised me certainly was uh, news about Lloyd's I mean you ask anyone in shipping industry Lloyd's is 
recognized as the world's number one provider of uh, hull insurance but of course it's not now um it's fallen from the top slot to number three behind the nordics and singapore mm. i mean does that does that surprise you or is that should i have just been keeping a closer eye on things yeah, it does not. Thank you, Richard. It's, it, it does not really surprise me. And I think it's not as serious in practice as it looks on first sight. So for, first of all, Lloyd's is the brand, of course, and you have to foster that. Well, if you take insurance industry, people immediately react to a degree slightly negative. If you say you work in insurance industry, you have to complain, uh, you have to explain why. Uh, and this is exactly the opposite for Lloyd's. If you say I work for Lloyd's, I'm connected to Lloyd's, people say immediately, oh, cool. And that has a reason, of course. So the way Lloyd's conducts business, it's, it's, it's amazing and, and worked for, for hundreds of years. So this is what we have to maintain. Uh, what we see in the statistics that they decreased uh, in volume is, to my understanding and in, in my perception, related to an overall trend that business goes more local. No? Mm. This is the connected world. We are all, until the pandemic came, we are all perfectly international. Traveling is not an issue. You have offices everywhere. And this is the same for Lloyd's, of course. No? Lloyd's has gone, and this is an official strategy, Lloyd's has gone much more local in the last few years. If you take, for example, you mentioned that the Singaporean market, there is a very strong local Lloyd's representation. Even, even a trading platform is existing, which is to a degree working under the same principles as in London. And this is where the premium is written. So maybe in former times, this would have come to London, would have written in the Lloyd's building in Lime Street. And nowadays you do this more local or you or you enter in corporations in China or, or have direct business in Latin America, which is also very local markets. Uh, and this is why this shifts to a degree. So this is is one reason. The other reason, of course, and this is also not uh, not a secret, is uh, that Lloyd's took massive measures in the last few years uh, to to work on the quality of the business. No? So we have seen several syndicates either to withdraw. Uh, completely from marine or to to uh, at least decrease uh, the portfolio uh, very much for the time being so that that was a clear trend this is good for the business as such this was obviously necessary uh, and and this is also mirrored in the statistics no but mm. Once business is sound again, I say I think we will also see positive uh, reactions in the other direction. And so far, uh, finally, I, I wouldn't say that this is a trend for the rest of the time. No, Singapore is strong. That is good. Nordic markets are very strong. That's good as well. But there is no reason to fear that Lloyd's would diminish uh, somewhere in in the middle field. So I don't think so. Good to hear. Um, I guess the the question you know that follows, I guess, is is, is one around COVID nineteen and uh, mm -hmm. the impact that that is having. I mean, obviously, it's accelerating that sort of localization aspects, but mm -hmm. we're not going to know the statistics obviously until next year in the facts and figures presentation. But what would be your gut feeling in terms of how COVID nineteen is going to impact the sector? Well, my gut feeling, in a nutshell, is that this 
couldn't have overall a positive positive effect no. on our business. So that, that, that's certainly not the case. Uh, if you look as per today, uh, what people tell us from the markets is uh, that we see much lesser claims currently. And, and this is not really a surprise. There's lesser business out there. Uh, many many shipments are, are not underway. Uh, trade volume is down. And so far, short term, we see obviously less claims, which is great. Uh, but usually, uh, our premium for the future is always related to the underlying business. Means in the cargo insurance, it's, it's a trade volume. Uh, in the hull insurance, it's about how many vessels are out there, what are the vessel values. And... Uh, this will certainly decrease and so far the premium outlook will be for the next few years that this is influencing negatively, of course. Uh, how this will balance out if you compare premiums with, for the time being, lesser claims, I don't know. Uh, maybe it's to the same level, then the, the quality of the business should be at the same stage, but it could be on a on a on a smaller on a smaller level, and this would also have consequences, of course, uh, for the industry as such. Uh, there are some certain factors, of course, which may also influence the business. If you take things like crew change, which is uh, currently, for very very good reason, a hot topic, and and we very much welcome the IMO resolution, which was. Uh, adopted earlier this week by the IMO Allcom meeting. So this was an important signal. Uh, this leads to things like like fatigue, of course. No? You have a tired, exhausted crew on board. This might lead to mistakes on the bridge or in the cargo handling. This might cause additional claims. So we haven't seen this yet, uh, but this is, of course, one of the fears uh, which one might have in this in this regard. So it, if you would ask us if we would be, have been free to choose, uh, we would have voted against the pandemic, that's for sure. It's <laughs> not good for our business, but unfortunately never, nobody asked us in advance. And, and so far we have to cope with it. <laughs> no, well, you are not alone in responding, um, <laughs> pragmatically, should we say. Uh, but for now, uh, Lars Lang, Secretary General of IUME, thank you very much for joining the Lloyd's List podcast. Thank you, Richard.